Maddie Marshall, and you're about to listen to The Real Deal Podcast, and I'm incredibly excited to have Yosh Rao here from Team Dynasty. They've won two events so far this year and over 54 tournaments in their careers, and uh, he's one of the best gunfighters in the business. Can't wait to pick his brain about uh, you know the fundamental nature of the gunfight itself and uh, and why it's so fun. It's you know the building block of the entire sport, so there's nothing more important, and we have one of the best guys ever to talk to about that specific thing. Also, make sure to check out the rest of paintballaccess.com, and we have inset, in-depth uh, interviews and statistics, and uh, you know so many fascinating things that go on behind the sport. And uh, you know there's there's just so much information that you can get from these teams. And once you know about you know what's going on with these guys and this the, the crazy struggle that these you know these players on all levels have to do in order to to play this game, oh man, it's 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 fascinating, it really is. So also. Make sure to get your team into the fight, man. It's uh, been a crazy season so far, and all the events have been selling out, and we definitely expect them to continue to sell out. Uh, so June 21st through 23rd, also market calendars for the webcast brought to you by Paintball Access. And then also, uh, you know, make sure you, you, know, you sign up early for these events. And the next PSP event, the fourth event, returns to the West Coast, Riverside, a little east of Los Angeles, and that's going to be the 16th through the 18th of August. So I can't wait for that event as well. This podcast brought to you by ansgear.com, and you want anything you possibly can imagine in the paintball room, you should see the warehouse. It's ridiculous. It's like, talk about kid in a candy store type stuff. Completely ridiculous. Uh, very professional over there. Able to get out there, you know, free shipping on orders over $100, and they have every possible thing you could need on the tactical side of things and on the tournament side. So definitely check out ansgear.com. What's up? This is the Real Dope Podcast with Manny Marshall, and I'm sitting here with uh, one of my good friends and uh, just ridiculous paintball player, Yosh Rao. He's having a great year. His team has won the first two events, San Diego Dynasty, and we're haven't seen each other in a while. It's been a little bit here. Yep. Yep. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Just uh, really happy to be able to finally catch up with. Maddie Marshall, as you guys have kept him so busy. <laughs> but, uh, so, it's been, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked, dude, because there's a lot kind of to talk about. Uh, you guys are doing really well this year. You weren't doing well last year. Yeah. And, yeah. But you're doing, like, like, really well. Like, you guys have won the first two events. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive. And... You know, we'll, we'll go get into more, obviously, but man, the way that you guys are playing is just kind of pretty ridiculous, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely been a really exciting year and not not what anyone could fairly expect, you know? Um, but, I mean, I do feel that we've got a really great thing going on, and I feel like it hasn't been dumb luck, you know? I feel like we have a, a really great formula going on as well now heading into this year what what was going on behind the scenes at night I mean you guys didn't have a great year last year you were working on some players and I mean it was kind of a a topsy-turvy offseason for a lot of people but you know considering what's happened with the team I think it's kind of an interesting story you know the guys you picked up and yeah you know um I mean, to be honest with you, the the off season wasn't um, wasn't as crazy as you might think, given all the changes that happened. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there was 
still like a lot of confidence, you know, as, as strange as it is to say after we had a year like we had in 2012, there was still a lot of confidence amongst the guys that were there, you know, and it was still like, you know, guys and names that you could absolutely depend on. If you're like, oh, that guy's playing with a lot of confidence, you know that guy's playing fucking really well, mm -hmm. you know? And you could say that about all those names. It was like Ryan, Alex, Oliver, Dalton, Glenn, you know, Blake, who was the new guy. Like, everyone was just really happy to still be involved, you know? And, you know, there was like a little test when Dalton almost went and played with Impact. But, I mean, as much as you don't want to entertain the idea that, like, a guy, one of your teammates, or a guy that you consider like a good friend, and you really appreciate him being on the team, has to go and explore other options. I mean, you just have to, you just have to deal with that. You know. Well, you've been in that situation a lot. Right. I mean, it's at, not like at this point, it's like, yeah, no one's making a ton of money on paintball, but if you can go out there and you can make a little extra and it's worth it to you, or a lot extra, then why not? You know. I mean, in, in, so the, and that's the mentality you're coming at it, even being one of the main guys in diocese, yeah, trying you to know, make sure I, guys stick around. Well, look, I've been around for one uh, pretty sensational, like person leaving a team. That was a pretty big move, mm -hmm. and they got paid a lot of money. And after all that was said and done, it's like, I mean, how can I fault the guy? You know, you're talking I mean, about when Oliver left to go, right? Yeah, I mean. He went out there and yeah, it hurt and yeah, there's probably always a better way to do things and yeah, there's always like, well, what about this counter offer or whatever, but I mean, at the end of the day, like he went out and had to do his thing and created the other part of his life for himself that mm -hmm. isn't paintball, you know, Yeah. but he created it through paintball. So that's a pretty good situation for him. Yeah. You know? Well, no, and that was kind of the thing with like, you know, impact coming in and trying to build a big roster. And uh, it was, you know, talking to a lot of the guys in those situations, you know, the first thing you always say is like, well, how bad do you need the money, you know? And then what do you really want to do? But at, at a certain point, yeah, man, if like if you get a chance to actually live that dream, you, it's hard to fault guys for that. It, I mean, yeah, exactly. It, it hurts, you know, Th whatever, yeah. it hurts. But it, yeah, and but things, and all, things always and you can take it as a, you can take it as an insult or whatever you need to do, you know? To like maybe get around that hurt, <laughs> yeah. Turn into turn into anger or whatever whatever you want to do. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I, we were kids when we got into this, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've managed to do it this long just because we've been good and we worked hard and we we're lucky to have support. And there's always been a lot of people supporting us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's just kind of a blessing, anyway. You know. Yeah. Do you feel that way sometimes? Because, you know, I know how hard you've worked to get to where you're at, but there always kind of has been a certain charm behind Dynasty, you know, behind the guys on that team. There's always been some sort of... Well, there, there, was, always a, there was always a dynamic that was different from the other teams out there, you know? And, you know, we were lucky enough to have results that always kind of kept us in mind also you know if we weren't on the top of your so mind, you're ref you're refuting the rumor that you guys did satanic rituals when you were 17 years old in order to summon the paintball demons i i can't harness them. i can't i can't speak to that really i'm um, just saying that that rumor's out there that's all right. i'm saying 
But coming from some guys in Vallejo, which I hear is things, crazy shit. Some things were done at a paintball field um, one day, and then the next thing I knew, the county of Vallejo flooded the field and completely turned it into marshland. No way. Yeah. So just to completely destroy all the evidence. Uh, apparently, there was something went down there that they felt like they needed to completely bury it underwater in sand. Interesting. So. Interesting. Maryland paintball games. <laughs> it's crazy how even, I don't know, it, like, it, there, you're right, there has been, because, ah, fuck, man, I don't know, it's just interesting with the way that the team has evolved over the years and with, you know, you playing for the Ironman to really kind of, I mean, because a lot of people don't understand, and I think that, and this is why we do these podcasts, is so that I do get to pick your brain for as long as we want to talk about it, and we do get to hear the beginnings of... And also, so I really want to talk about a couple things. One, the swing of fate, you know? It's like mm-hmm. one year, it's, you know, team should be ridiculous on paper. It's not. Mid-level boss. Next year, also, but probably arguably a weaker roster okay. than the year before, yeah, but amazing. Real, real quick, I just want to point out that, like, when you refer to Dynasty as a mid-level boss, yeah, that, like, really pisses me off. I'm sorry. So, um, I'm, well, obviously, no, it's not, it's it's not like, it's not like it was put out there as an insult. It just really pisses me off that like we let it get to that point, you know, whatever people want to say, I'm just saying, I don't think anyone out there is more critical than like the team themselves. And I, and I think that that was, it was apparent to the team that we were like fucking floating around average, you know, and that wasn't cool. And so I think that's why. You see guys out there right now that are like playing just playing a, a little bit more inspired, you know. Well, there's, I mean, and that's and that's kind of some of the stuff I want to talk about because there's different. It, it what it's just interesting to note that, okay, look at Ryan Greenspan, for instance. Look at you, Alex. In particular, some of the stuff I've seen out of you and Ryan has been interesting because you're talking about guys that have done this at the highest level for over 10 years now and who are kind of and are still you know they're they're 30 ish but they're but they're physically in their prime essentially you know mentally in their prime oldest guys on the team oldest oldest shit and you <laughs> and you have uh and then and, but then but at the same time you've also put that 10,000 hours in so that you are now like officially according to you know Malcolm Gladwell I believe you are now a master yeah, at your yeah. craft, but 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 we're seeing that now actually, and it, you know it's tough out there because everyone's really good, so it's not going to happen every point. But if you're watching for it, your gunfighting, particularly Ryan's understanding of the game, the development of the pace, the tempo, uh, when to gunfight, when not to gunfight, when to make a move, when not mm-hmm. to make a move, when to play aggressive, when to play defensive. Yeah, that, the subtleness, the of subtleness of that, how he thinks. I think I think like Ryan's play in particular, and he's actually always done this, but it is like really standing out this year. I think like the subtleness of how he will engage it aggressively in a gunfight, and then back off of it, and like the craftiness just in that alone, mm-hmm. and like what that can create for you is like really showing this year. You know. Well, I, and I think that it shows a lot because of some of these guys who are really talented, you know, some of the guys on Aftershock, for instance, or 
you know, some of the better, like Greg Sewers, who doesn't do this anymore. Now he's also got more crafty and craftily aggressive. You know, I mean, you have you can't be submissive out there, but you watch these guys start to, in a, but it all comes down to the mental decisions that you make in bunker, mm-hmm. in, in mid snapshot, mid gunfight, all those subtle kind of thoughts of what it is that you're doing, your your point. Your your specific role in that point at that at that moment that's happening out there, and it, it's something that it's the more you become accustomed to being in that moment, the less robotic it gets, and the more that you really have to, you're making these conscious decisions to drop a lane, to pick another lane up, to aggressively engage somebody in a gunfight, to just keep them in. You know, there's all these little subtle decisions that are happening, and. You see, like we talk about when people, you know, the games are happening so fast and they hear us say, oh, you know, that team's having a problem with survivability or this guy's dying and this and that. I mean, we don't have 20 minutes to dissect the gunfight right there. But that's the issue, though, is that the reason why you guys are excelling, there's numerous reasons, I think. You know, one, I think your coach is doing a great, Rusty's doing a great job of managing his talent and providing structure for guys that think independently but kind of come together in this really interesting, you know, souffle of paintball knowledge. Absolutely. And then I, I think Rusty deserves a ton of credit. And I mean, we've even, I've even talked about it with a couple of the guys and like, I mean, it's pretty unanimous that Rusty is our most valuable asset. At least right now until he probably gives us all of his secrets and every bit of knowledge that he has. Absolutely. He is probably Dynasty's biggest asset. And I don't know if there's very many teams or any teams out there that would say that, and especially not with like the level of talent that we have on our team. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he's so fresh off of playing. I mean, there was no transition of time between he was, you know, playing on Dynasty to coaching. You know, I mean, literally went from playing yeah. at one tournament so to here, coaching. So here's again. here's what happens, and I think this has a lot to do with what's going on right now. So, you play paintball for such a long time. Maybe you get to play pro, and maybe you get to win some championships. You know. And you put in a ton of years. And then at some point, you either get burnt out or life catches up and you have to dip, go on with another part of your life. Kids. Yeah, kids, whatever it's going to be, you know, like Needs you end out. up, yeah, or you just can't put in as much time as you were. And so mm-hmm. you kind of fall off and, um, you know, whatever reason you have to stop playing paintball and like think that you have to, other things to move on to. And then sometimes you might come back as a coach. Um, and that's how you usually find those like really great veteran mind coaches. Mm-hmm. Rusty didn't have to go through that because he was a player and not just a, not just like an aging player, like all of us actually are aging players, mm-hmm. but he had this new fire in his belly to go out and win and prove himself because like, you know, he played for Dynasty for one year and right before that happened, the reason he wanted to come back was to prove to the infamous guys that he shouldn't have been left behind, you know? And, I, and I'm not sure how many people know that. And I didn't know that. And I'm not sure um, if Rusty has told that many people that because, you know, those guys are his buddies. Well, because the official story is that, and, we, and, and, and anyone that's played at a high level for a long period of time and been in, in that situation can emphasize or empathize with that, but, you know, Rusty was brilliant out there for a long period of time Mm -hmm. and then like you said you know dude it's really this is why again why it's really awesome you guys are having a great season because yeah paintball's fun but to drive a 
it just it takes a giant bite out of your out of your energy, you know. Absolutely. And, and for and for a great cause, you know, I mean, you get an right. amazing experience out of it. But let's say you you know like let's say you're rusty and you've done that for ten years and you've been everywhere, you've done everything, like you said, you won some world titles, you know, and then you know you got a kid and a job and like you know you're thirty, you know, it's like I've kind of been there, done that. Yeah. Well, it's totally shows that this coaching gig is is like a, a new realm for him to excel in absolutely. because he's completely embraced that role absolutely and, and and coached a notoriously hard team to coach the problem, to, to I, success I say, I say, immediately i would probably say it was the hardest team to coach i think it's I probably totally agree with you probably the shittiest job as far as coaching goes you get to be part of a great organization you know you get to like share your paintball mind with a, a lot of great paintball minds, but I think it's probably the shittiest coaching gig in paintball, you know? And Rusty is just, Rusty's come in and handled it. Well, I mean, it wasn't even a question. There was, I mean, shit, I, I don't know how to say this, but there's been like no hiccup, you know? Yeah, there really hasn't. I mean, cause you know, guys came in one Vegas, you know, what, and then I came, did he coach one, the- One Vegas with like, this renewed work ethic, you know, and it was, and I think that has been the biggest thing still, you know, that's still going on is this renewed work ethic from where we were at and the productivity we were getting out of practices and our weekends on of practices last year versus immediately when Rusty picked up and decided he wanted to coach. And it just, I mean, it's making a huge difference, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. Well, and also, think about this. This is how I look at it, too. I mean, you, like, because of your personality, you, too, have kind of been coaching Dynasty for the past, like, six years. You know, I mean, it, it, you're kind of, you're not a, you're not the actual coach. It's not like Coach Yosh. But just because you are that voice of reason, like, neutral guy who can go one way or the other completely depending on logic and critical thinking mostly instead of just what you think of that moment. Yeah, and you've been I, in that position. I, I do feel I do feel you on that, but you know, it's not like Well, the difference between doing that is that I also get to like take a gun out and prove myself that way also. Well, know? no, I know, but that's but, I think that's why I just think that it's this is why I'm picking your brain on this is that there's those guys out there that are you on some other team. And I mean, yeah, like, you know, like I was saying, then that's why I really want to get in like an awesome gunfight conversation with you because you're the gunfighting that you've been displaying pretty well. You've always been, you've always had that ability, but you know, that one of the, the gunfight is something that you do get craftier and craftier at it as you mm-hmm. do it more and more and more. And in your position, particularly, because I had to play this role too, and you're in a, you're, that's all you do essentially, is like you, your job is to fucking shoot people out of their bunkers and control people and keep lanes and, you know, like you're a straight gunfighter, like that's what you fucking do, you know? You're not diving in the snake and trying to go run somebody down. You will do that if you have to, but 95% of the time you're shooting guys out of the bunkers and gunfighting dudes and controlling people and like, and then also when the shit starts to go down, you're, you know, one of the best in the business at trying to figure it out from there. Yeah. So well, kind of, I mean, yeah, as far as gunfighting goes, I mean, it has become, become 
something that I enjoy so much that I feel like it's a position on the field now, you know? Totally. Like, when I look down and I, and they, and I read, like, what position do you play? Front, middle, or back? And I'm, like, scratching my head thinking, why don't they have gunfighter on here? <laughs> you know? Like, what, which one am I supposed to check? Oh, I don't yeah. play in the front, that's for sure. Yeah. I do hide in the back a lot, but <laughs> where's gunfighter? <laughs> that's so true. Because, <laughs> but, dude, because honestly, I remember the last, like, two years on Excessive were particularly hard, like, for guys like ourselves. <laughs> and uh, and so, it, practice was tedious, meetings were tedious. You know, if we didn't win the event, it was disaster, and it was like... There was just so much shit that was always going down that it like burnt you out emotionally if you're yeah. trying to write the ship all the time. Yeah. But when people would say like, why do you still do this? Like, why do you still want to play pro paintball? I would always answer emphatically because I really like getting out to my spot and then I get to start gunfighting with another really good gunfighter and we're going to play this game out. You know, because you match up like specifically with guys a lot of times, you know? So it'd be like, you know, if you're playing Avalanche or, you know, you know, like LB or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you just, you're Day Baines, you know, like totally. you're, you're going out to play. Who's going, hey, who's going out in that corner? Is it basketball? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I know we're far away, but you are literally matching up like, yeah. or it could be like, skill, brain like brain I feel like guy. I've, I've had just as many gunfights with Brandon Short as I have with Dave Baines, you know, mm-hmm. like even though Brandon Short is traditionally a front guy and was like, one of the best snake guys ever, you know, I had to engage with him so often that I actually, for a lot of years of my paintball career, probably leading up until the point that he joined our team, if you, if you asked me to like think back and tell you like who was my paintball nemesis, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, and, and he probably doesn't know this, except I might've told him when he joined the team, but I mean, I would say it's Brandon Short. Like, that is the guy that I feel like I've beaten and he's beaten me and it's just been this, like, back and forth thing for for so long. And I and I have had a tre- tremendous amount of respect for him. For, what, eight years? Yeah, when, when we were playing against each other and I have even more now that I actually know him a little bit more as a human being, you know? And know, like, his methods and how he, how he works in paintball. Mm-hmm. Um, like... I mean, that's the name that I would throw out there. And I think, like, just since Brandon has been on the team, I've actually learned a ton. Some about gunfighting, some about just other things, and, like, some of the drills that he brought to the team. Then I just think it's, like, it's totally energizing, you know? And it's, like, it's been really cool to have that feeling again. Mm-hmm. Who? That's so interesting, because to me... I... I think of it the same way. It was, it was that that one slice of the game, amongst all the other slices of the game, that was the most fascinating part. Because yeah. to me, that is the fundamental nature of the game itself. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole reason I wanted to play paintball. And as things it's evolved, funny, like, over not time, to sound too weird, but it almost it was almost like between like Brandon Short had developed a personality through his gunfighting because that's what I was so familiar with. Like playing against a guy like that, or playing against gunfighting against like Dave Baines or like Archie or one of the X Factor guys that you've just played against so many times. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, 
I know this guy as this, you know? And did, it's not, it doesn't mean that I can beat him, it's just that I know his personality and he probably fucking knows mine too. Well, but do you, you know? think about it that way though? Because I think that absolutely, it, maybe, maybe that's why you are so good at your job because like, look at what happened. I mean, honestly, there's numerous examples of this that I could point out, but I mean, you know, cause we could sit here and just talk about, just be like, stroke each other off for two hours about how rad we are at gunfighting, but there's specific <laughs> elements that I've seen you do recently. Cause that's, you know, I'm up there calling these games and the way that you, I can't, what, what tournament was it last year where I think it was an X factor game. We talked about it when we were talking about the stats article. And it, it was, was like it was Galveston. It was, the, it was the, one of the first games of the season. And you were like, and you were just just literally. I remember I asked you. It was like a seven minute point. It was yeah, at and, the end yeah, of our that's X what it was. Game. And, and you and you were and you were on five and you six for six and you were but you so did it, such a good job of controlling aggressive dudes who are trying to push forward. And you were I think down a body over there or something like you were in a situation where you had to live by your gun, and you were just. Locked in a gunfight for a long period of time in with multiple guys, and I was watching the whole thing, you know, and like see, I, I didn't get the pleasure of of seeing them working behind their bunkers. I just the entire time I felt like they were just abusing me, and they were gonna jump in the snake at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously thought that. So the entire whatever that was, six minutes of gunfighting before they actually did that it was just you just freaking out of your mind. Yeah, like, it was me just God, like, I'm just getting owned right now. Screaming They're gonna dive mind. in there at any moment. Screaming in my mind to my teammates, they're in the snake. They're in the snake. <laughs> and being like, no, come on, you can't do that. Don't let them in there. No, but, but I remember, and that because I asked you afterwards, I was like, hey, um, no, with no preamble whatsoever. It wasn't like I was setting you up for this, and it, it wasn't even for anything. But I, I just wanted to know. I was like, how how well do you think that you played? that particular point and I remember you looked at me and didn't even flinch and you were like and you're really modest normally but you were you literally looked at me and go went about as well as I think it can be played and I was like I totally agree with you like yeah, it was just I a mean, masterful five minutes I mean here's the problem with that it was the wrong game plan for the situation yeah but still and yet somehow we managed to do something which is like it was like a not only was it the wrong game plan, it was a stupid mentality to play with. Which is like, we had a one point lead, and there was seven minutes on the clock, and we were like, or whatever it was, it might have been five, who knows, but it was a lot of time, and we were like, yeah, let's just hold out for the entire time. Like, you don't see that shit, that shit doesn't work, you should never game plan for that, <laughs> yeah. you know? Let's just hold out for five minutes. Yeah. Well, you guys did that's such you, a fucking long time. You did like, that a lot last year, yeah. though, a little bit, in some points. I know, I think that, I think that was a huge problem. Yeah. You know, I mean, you get a certain amount of success, but you have to look at like but that puts all, a lot of, all the times that that doesn't work. Well, that know? also puts a lot of pressure on guys like yourself because, you know, you're, if you're in a center bunker that's a little bit bigger and you get the guys out in the corners and no one takes any ground and then all of a sudden they take ground and now all of a sudden these dudes are gunfighting out of the miniature bunkers yeah. in the corner and then they get shot <laughs> and then who's left? You against five guys, you know? It's, well, yeah, I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's not like I'm expected to win those, you know? I mean, in, in a game plan like that, the unfortunate thing is, yeah, there might be like a little bit added pressure on certain individuals, but the entire game plan only works if everybody does well. Yeah. You know, like more of like a ramrod game plan where you're trying to score points, like one or two guys can do well and you can win the point, you know? Yeah. But when you're trying to hold a team off for five minutes, like five on five, 
honestly, everybody needs to do well for that game plan to work, you know? Yeah. Cause that's, and that just, that just kind of tells you like why that's usually not the right game plan to choose. Yeah, that's true. Well, in those situations, it's like, to me, like you had just said, yeah, I'm not supposed to win those situations. To me, that would that was always the freeing element of being in that situation. <laughs> so it's like, okay, when it's five on three and you're the three, you're not supposed to win that. Like 99%, 99.9% of the time, the five should be the three. They should, yeah. They should, and we and we always will say that, like, hey, win the high body situations. Like yeah. when Todd went to Vicious, the very first thing they did was start doing drills about high body situations because you know you can't win tournaments if you're losing five on three and doing that more than a couple times an event. You know? Right, because you only get a certain number of those, and then the other team gets a certain number of those. Yeah. And if you lose those, then then that means you have to win those like really hard points that are in between the, mm-hmm. you know, shoot two guys off the break, get two guys shot off the break points. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And so, but when you are the three, you're not supposed to win. Which doesn't that put a lot of pressure on you then, you know? Which well, is yeah. like you can get creative. And, and, and you go through the I think you go through the mentality when you're playing three on five or two on four or two on three even, whatever it's gonna be, you know, you you work through this this mentality where like at first you're like, Fuck, what are we gonna do? you know? And then you're like, Oh, I think if we if we try hard enough we can win this, you know, and then you start developing this confidence that you can win it you're like all right if we just do this then we'll win this you know mm-hmm. you develop this confidence enough where it becomes fun to do those like legitimately fun to be in that situation mm-hmm. knowing that you know a, a specific way that you can pull it off you know mm-hmm. and as long as you do it then then you're good you know then it's like then it's almost like considered something incredible but it's like well, in, but in that, your mind, no, it's like it, a, it's, in your mind, it's like a simple enough thing. Like, yeah, it might be harder to do this, but if we do this, like this plan that we always have, which is you know, like stay alive, don't give them, don't give them that, yeah, that first kill. But whatever, it's it's obviously more intricate than that. But I mean, yeah, it's like you got nothing to lose, and it's fun because it's almost like you're playing the short stack, you know? Yeah. And it's every every little stack of chips that you get. You just, you not only are growing your pile, but you're like playing this, this mind game, you know, like it's like this whole momentum. Well, I think that's what it comes down to because that's an inner point momentum. And I don't think a lot of people understand that inner point momentum because if you're the five or you're the three, it's the concept of, okay, well, if you're the three, are you, where's your head at? Is your head at, oh shit, there's three of us and five of them, we're probably going to lose this point. Or is it... Okay, well, it's five on three. Now's the time to to kind of step up here because I'm not supposed to win this, and the other guys are going to be overconfident because the five's always overconfident. I mean, think about it. like how many times that you pull those those situations off. Well, Did no, you let's pull talk, that situation let's off? Because let's talk about all the times that I was up five on three and I got shot stupid. That's right? a, that's a perfect. I mean, yes, you're, yeah, you're right. You, you just proved the point right there. Yeah, that's you can a, talk about that yeah. just as much. And of course, you try not to do that. That's always something. But it that you happens, that man. you work on, you yeah. know. But yeah, I mean, think back of all the times that you got shot when you know you shouldn't have gotten shot. You know, it at, at this point for me, it almost outweighs all the times that I just got shot and I didn't know why. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that says something. I mean, 
Yeah, the the idea that um, you're down bodies and you're at a disadvantage and you really have nothing to lose because you're almost expected to lose. Statistically, you're expected to lose. You know, I think that play you can turn that into an advantage if you kind of work it around in your mind enough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I totally agree because that is that is every time that I was you know and anyone I've ever talked to when we talk about this exact moment that is that's the mindset because I remember when Shane Pistano was like hey we may make game plans and this was you know obviously back when it was ten man but he'd be like we may make game plans where off the start of the game we're going to have seven guys left and they're going to still, or um, we'll have, sorry, we'll have like six guys left or five guys left and they're going to have seven. But we will have taken out the important part of the field. So even though we're down bodies, like we should still be able to win this game. And most importantly, regardless of the situation, you if you don't believe that our seven can beat their nine or our five can beat their seven, you shouldn't be on this team because that's the team that we have. And, and that, that's the mentality we're bringing to the game. And I was like, you know, and like, they're basically be, be fearless when down numbers. Yeah, I mean, know? those are, I mean, those are powerful words, you know? You know, it's like, and that, I mean, if that doesn't say confidence and not only, not just confidence, but like, you can tell Shane had been confident for a long time to develop that, you know? Yeah. And, um, like I, I watched Art Chaos when you know I was in France the, a couple weeks ago for the CPS event um, for, out of Italy that had an event in France, and the team that won was Art Chaos, and the, one of the reasons they won was because it didn't matter who got shot off a break; like it had no consequence whatsoever. They only lost, I think, maybe eight points all tournament long, maybe a couple more than that, but it wasn't a lot. Like they dominated yeah. every single every team they played; they dominated. And even if the score didn't indicate it necessarily, it was just one of those games. And they they lose, and they have all the you know Russian all stars on the team. They have Fedorov and Mishka and Malloy, and they have like really good guys on that team. And uh, and if Mishka got shot off the break, then Malloy and Fedorov would, and the rest of the dudes would shoot every. You know, it's like they, yeah. they could lose two guys off the break, be three on five. Yeah. But one of them got to the forty Drito, and then that guy would shoot three dudes. You know, it was like every time that I'd be like, oh, doesn't look good. Yeah. And Honestly, dude, that's and, like just from playing in Europe for the past couple of years. That's the way our chaos looks out there, like every time. And it really makes you think. Like, I mean, what a team! If if they put those guys together and played in the PSP or whatever, like how they would look, you know? Because mm-hmm. they do always have that look where like. At any moment, any one of their guys could win the game. You know, and they play with they play with a lot of confidence, and it looks like they're well prepared. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting to watch those guys. Those are, and I I don't know if we look this way because I never really get to watch us, but those are like guys that clearly, if you I think if you just sat down in the bleachers and you watched like a day of paintball, and you were like a sports thinking person, you'd be like, it seemed to me that like that. Our chaos, that purple team, was like <laughs> purple team. Was like really they are good. so purple. It seemed like they were really good yeah. compared to all the other teams, right? Yeah. And I think that like you know they play with that type of, I don't know, they look that way, and you get that feeling from all their games mm-hmm. that it it like stands out, you know. No, I totally agree. And uh, I want to pick your brain a little bit more about European paintball because I think that's interesting. And also, yeah, 
talking about what Dynasty looks like this year. Well, I've watched every single one of your games, so I want to tell you what you guys look like, but we'll be right back. This is part one. Thank you guys for tuning in here to the Real Deal Podcast. Make sure to check out the rest of the website, though, paintballaccess.com, and we have in-depth interviews, uh, you know, other podcasts with other luminaries of the sport, and definitely tons of video on demand. I mean, you know, we have pretty much every single game that's on that main field up for your viewing pleasure. So, you know, nothing will improve your game like watching the Masters do their thing. And also remember to sign up early for the next PSP events and mark your calendars for the webcast. The next one's going to be June 21st to the 23rd from CPX Sports Park, a little outside of Chicago, Illinois. And then the PSP makes its return to the West Coast for the PSP's West Coast Open. At, uh, it's going to be in Riverside, August uh, 16th through the 18th. So thank you guys for checking out the Real Deal podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.